Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 65 of the North American Outdoors Podcast. My name is Heidi Rayo, and I'm coming to you from the great state of Texas. Those of us who have a passion to do everything and all things outdoors know how important it is to keep your skills honed throughout the year. No matter what that activity is that you love to do, whether it's fishing or camping or kayaking or going hunting, it's so important to practice so you don't lose your touch. We're getting into the heat of the summer and usually the last thing on a lot of people's minds is going on a deer hunt or going turkey hunting. Obviously, they're not in season at the moment, but the point is, if you're going to be hunting and pursuing wildlife using a firearm, it is so important to practice year-round with that firearm so you are a more proficient and an ethical shooter when it comes time to harvest that animal. Too many times you can go to any gun range in town and all of the benches on the rifle range are pretty wide open. You can pretty much have your pick any day of the week, any hour of the day. Now, come a week or two before deer season, it's a different story. You cannot find one open bench or you have to wait several hours for your turn at some ranges to go and sight in your deer rifle. The point is, if you're going to be using that equipment, you need to be proficient and comfortable with that equipment all year long. So be mindful when it is summertime and you may not be thinking about actually going on a hunt, you do need to be thinking about working on your technique and your fundamentals when it comes time to using your rifle, your pistol, your shotgun, if you get into muzzle loading, or even archery. There are so many different ways and methods that you can get into and learn how to use those different tools to be able to be a successful hunter and shooter. 
with firearm and ammunition sales at a record all-time high, it may be a little bit more difficult to get your hands on a brand new firearm or ammunition like you used to before 2020 went sideways. There are several different techniques that you can use to conserve and save some of that precious ammunition before it's time to actually go on your hunt or get involved in your competitive shooting activity. There's a lot of different training tools and educational gadgets out there that you can use with your firearm to practice your dry firing, your movement, your trigger control, and all of those different fundamentals that are so critical when it's time to take that shot. One of the devices that I've invested in and I absolutely love is called a Mantis, M-A-N-T-I-S. There's different versions of it and the one that I have is the top version and what you do with it is you charge it up. It's a little electronic device. You charge it up and you can download the app and then you sync it up to your phone And then once it's fully charged, you can put it on the Picatinny rail on your pistol and you can set up the program on the Mantis device as to what you're going to be doing, whether what type of firearm that you've put it on, if it's dry fire, if it's live fire. So you can set the different parameters of what you're doing with that Mantis attached to your firearm. It can be mounted on a rifle. And the version that I have, you can actually mount it on your shotgun. So you go into the app and you set up how you're going to be shooting, whether you set up as a timed activity or if you just set up a series like five shots and then you go ahead and you take your shots. And what the Mantis does, it's reading your hold, your breathing, your trigger squeeze and your follow through. And it puts it on a chart with different colored lines, which indicate each of those different fundamentals. And you can watch what you're doing with every single shot that you take. So the other part of it that's really cool is it analyzes what you might have done wrong if you pull the trigger or drop the sights or jerk it one way or the other. The system will identify that and it'll actually show you a video of the incorrect movement. Then it'll follow right behind with what you can do to correct that and what that video looks like for the correct movement. So it's a really great training tool to practice some of that dry firing at home with your unloaded firearm and it's a great way to conserve ammunition. You can also fire with the Mantis X. You can put it on your firearm at the range when you're shooting live rounds and you can see if all the practice that you did at home with an unloaded firearm and all of those fundamentals that you've perfected now translates to increased performance on the range using live rounds. Another great training tool is you can actually purchase airsoft pistols that look just like modern pistols. There are airsoft pistols that resemble a Glock. 
There are airsoft pistols that resemble a 1911. And this is another great way that you can conserve lots of ammunition by practicing with the same weight and feel as if it were your real firearm. You can now practice that using an airsoft gun. And you can work your way through all the fundamentals of aiming, breathing, holding, trigger squeeze, and your follow through. So this is another inexpensive way that you can practice your shooting fundamentals um, with a firearm where you're not burning through so many rounds of live ammunition. There are several other companies out there that have devices that you can attach to your firearm, such as a laser. They also have um, devices with uh, dummy ammunition that have a laser attached and all kinds of different gadgets that help you become a better and more proficient shooter during the quote off season to keep your skill set up year round. It's so important that you do this because when it does come time for hunting season, you're going to be all set and ready to go when moments matter and it's time to be really proficient and be a better marksman compared to everyone else that's just now digging out their firearm out of the closet when that first cool snap hits. During the off hunting season is also a good time to do some research and investigate ways that you can become a better hunter. You can maybe explore a different method of take. So if you have always been a rifle hunter, maybe you should consider switching over to use a shotgun. Do your research. Talk to the professionals and others who may be proficient in shotgun shooting. Find out what opportunities there are to learn how to hunt different wildlife species using a shotgun. It's a good opportunity to do your research before season, and there's a good chance that you can extend your hunting season by learning how to use another type of firearm safely and proficiently. Some other methods that a lot of people don't think about is if you are a rifle hunter or a shotgun hunter, you can also explore the world of hunting through pistols. A lot of animals are legally taken using pistols. A lot of hog hunting happens with pistols, and you can even get into big game hunting if your state regulations allow by using that different method of firearm. You may even get more creative and switch over to a more primitive type of firearm, and that would be a muzzleloader. Muzzleloader is the term given to early firearms because they are loaded from the muzzle end of that firearm. Instead of all of the components of ammunition contained in one cartridge or case, in the terms of muzzleloading, you actually load one component at a time down through the muzzle. Muzzle loaders can be rifles, shotguns, pistols, and even revolvers. These firearms were tubes closed at one end and usually made of brass or cast iron. Early firearms were loaded by pouring black powder down the barrel shoving a projectile into the tube from the muzzle end and then igniting the powder using a lighted wick or a match. The powder burned, creating pressure that launched the metal objects or the arrows or the projectiles. These firearms are called muzzle loaders due to their loading process. 
advances in ignition systems were the major changes that brought about modern firearms. Matchlock ignition was developed in the early 1400s. When the trigger is pulled, a lighted wick is lowered into a priming pan located next to a vent hole drilled into the closed end of the barrel. When the priming powder ignites, it lights the main charge. Wheel lock ignition replaced the wick of the matchlock in the 1500s. When the trigger is pulled, a coiled spring forces the rough edge steel wheel to spin against a piece of iron, creating sparks to ignite the powder in the priming pan. Flintlock ignition appeared in the late 1600s. When the trigger is pulled, the hammer holding a piece of flint fell against a steel cover or the frizzin. This is sitting over the priming pan. The hammer knocked the cover out of the way and the collision of flint and steel causes sparks that ignited the powder in the priming pan. Next is the percussion cap, also called the cap lock. This replaced the flint lock in the early 1800s. Early percussion cap locks used priming compounds inside metal foil cap placed over the vent hole. When the hammer strikes the cap, the resulting spark ignites the main charge. The percussion cap also paved the way to the self-contained ammunition we have today, cartridges and shot shells. The percussion cap ignition system was developed in 1805 by the Reverend John Forsyth of England. Gunpowder, the projectile, and the primer were all put together in a single housing that could be loaded quickly in the mid-1800s. The next advance in 1835 was to arrange a series of percussion locks and barrels on a rotating wheel or cylinder to allow a rapid succession of shots. With a single hammer and a trigger, multiple shots could be fired without reloading a repeating firearm. The percussion cap revolvers were the forerunners of modern revolvers. Black powder is the only type of powder that should be used in muzzleloaders. Genuine black powder is classified as an explosive. However, there are synthetic substitutes, such as pyrodex, that also may be used. You never want to use modern-day smokeless powder in black powder firearms. This could cause serious injury or even worse. Black powder is made of potassium nitrate or saltpeter, sulfur, and charcoal. When ignited, it causes a dense cloud of white smoke. Black powder comes in four sizes of granulation. FG is coarse, typically used in cannons, and rifles larger than 75 caliber and 10-gauge shotguns are larger. Double FG is a medium grain typically used in larger rifles between 50 and 75 caliber, 20 to 12 gauge shotguns, and pistols larger than 50 caliber. Triple FG is a finer grain typically used in smaller rifles and pistols under 50 calibers and smaller shotguns. And then there's 4FG. This is extra fine grain typically used as a priming powder in flintlocks. Pyrodex, 777, and other black powder substitutes can be used in amounts equal to black powder. 
Loading may vary, but be sure to consult instructions from qualified and knowledgeable gunsmiths for loading procedures. Pyrodex is a modern substitute for black powder. It's not an explosive, but rather a propellant. It is not lawful in some states. It's available in powder form and pre-measured pellets. These pellets can be used in inline ignition systems only. They're not recommended to be used in flintlock. The other type is called 777. This is a non-corrosive black powder and it does not leave corrosive buildup in the barrel of the firearm. The shooter may be able to reload more times without cleaning inside of the barrel. This is not recommended for the use in flintlocks. It's available in powder form and pre-measured pellets. Again, pellets are to be used in inline ignition systems only. The next component for muzzle-loading firearms are the projectiles. There are several different types of projectiles, ranging from the round ball, the mini ball, the maxi ball, and the sabot. There are basic muzzle-loader safety and skills to learn how to do it properly. To check your muzzleloader and making sure it's unloaded, there is a long stick next to your muzzleloader called a ramrod. It's usually attached to the side of the barrel. What you would do is to place the stock on the ground between your feet and keep the muzzle pointed in a safe direction. Remove the ramrod and insert it into the barrel. There should be a mark at the end of the ramrod, which indicates if the barrel is loaded or if it's unloaded. Ideally, you will have an unloaded muzzleloader that you're working with. Anytime that you are unsure or if you notice that the gun is actually loaded or if it's an antique gun, you definitely want to take that right away to a reputable black powder gunsmith to safely unload it. Loading a muzzleloader presents some special concerns because it requires the muzzle to be pointed upward. You'll want to place your firearm in a safe position, being sure that the barrel is clean and dry by running a cleaning patch down the barrel. Make sure that you or no one anywhere near you is smoking. Black powder is extremely explosive. If you are ever at a gun range and you see someone at the end of the line that has one of these long-barreled, rifled muzzle loaders, generally they know what they're doing. They have their equipment, they have all of their accessories, they have a lot of stuff and a lot of gear with them while they set up their area to take about 30 minutes to prep and get ready to take a three-second shot. Then they have to do it all over again. Prep another 30 minutes or so for a three-second shot. If you've ever had the opportunity to be around somebody that has muzzle-loading equipment, stop by and ask them to tell you about it. It's a really neat way to hunt. It's a lot of fun to get into the shooting side of things. It's a lot of work. There's a lot of accessories and there's a little bit more information you need to know because all of the pieces and parts are individual versus a modern-day firearm. Anybody that's out there in Boy Scouts, if you've ever been to a Boy Scout camp, that is the most popular area, is the black powder muzzle-loading area. They are a blast to shoot. They are so much fun. 
But again, there are a lot of work to load and to definitely clean. So if you know somebody in your area, highly recommended, go visit with them and learn a little bit more about this activity. It's one additional way that you can increase your hunting season and extend it a little bit longer because most states do have a black powder only hunting season. Another method to learn if you're not familiar with is to learn how to shoot a bow and arrow. There are several indoor ranges, especially if you live in the South when the summertime temps are triple digit. There are several nice air-conditioned bow shops and shooting ranges where there are professional staff that can help you learn how to shoot and handle a bow. As does rifle hunting, shotgun hunting, pistol hunting, muzzleloaders, Archery has their own set of language and terminology. So this might be a nice time for you to dive into another new activity, another new hobby, and learn all about archery. There are several different types of bows. You can explore longbows, recurves, and even compound bows. Many states have an archery-only hunting season where, again, you can extend your season a little bit longer by becoming proficient in another way to learn how to hunt and to use your equipment responsibly and proficiently. Another level of shooting is getting involved in crossbows. Crossbows are a mixture of archery and rifle hunting. Crossbows have a stock and you place it on your shoulder like a rifle, and they have a trigger as well. But they shoot a projectile similar to an arrow, but it's called a bolt. So getting into crossbows is another level of hunting that you can get into because, again, many states have a crossbow season where you can extend your season a little bit longer by becoming proficient in one more skill set. Summertime is a great time to practice all of these different newfound skills, techniques, and hobbies. But think outside the box. If you love hunting, if you love fishing, and if you are getting into archery and really enjoy that, you can combine all of that and learn how to bow fish. So bow fishing means bow hunting for fish. You spot, you stalk, and you shoot at fish with a specialized arrow. You might need a little extra gear to get you started, and you'll find many options in the area. Targets are abundant. Carp are bowfishing's most hunted species. Next, at least here in Texas, are alligator gar. Carp are found nationwide, and some species are invasive that threaten ecosystems. To get started, you'll need a reel, a rest, and arrows that are designed specifically for bow fishing. Several manufacturers make kits with everything that you'll need to convert your bow into a bow fishing bow. Bow fishing arrows are much heavier than standard arrows and they carry a barbed point. They also connect to a heavy line that spools onto the bow fishing reel or has an inline housing unit both of which mount onto your bow. Many bow fishing archers are dedicated to bow fishing. Several manufacturers make specialized bow fishing bows. These bows may be water resistant and built to endure rough handling. 
recurves and compound bows are excellent choices for bow fishing. Whether you're fishing from the shore, a pier, or a boat, one thing to take into consideration is the way the light hits the water. Light refraction in the water distorts what you see, meaning the deeper the fish, the lower you must aim. So anytime that you see a fish, you always want to shoot below it because in reality, you're actually going to be right on it. Bow fishing is a great way to stay active in bow hunting throughout the spring and summer. Make sure you check your local state wildlife agency and follow the rules and regulations. Next, visit your local archery shop, gear up, and stay active year-round. Always keep thinking outside of the box and different ways that you can use your skills to improve your shooting proficiency and try different things to keep you active year-round. There is no better classroom than the outdoors, roaming the woods and waters and creating memories that will last a lifetime. This is Heidi Rayo, and you've heard another North American Outdoors podcast. For more information, visit NorthAmericanOutdoors.org and follow me on Instagram at North American Outdoors. Have a great day.